Alright guys, this is At The Line. Spurs take a win 118-105 against the Brooklyn Nets on Star Wars Night of All Nights. And joining me tonight as we recap this game in all its glory, in quotations I could say, it's Tom Petrini, the real Tom Petrini. How's it going tonight, man? Uh, Spurs won, so it's going alright. Marco started the second half at the four, I, I, so I'm a little confused. <laughs> And but, I hear uh, I hear your hey, dog is I hear your dog is celebrating too in the background. I love it. Yeah, Dottie's very excited. She, I'm not quite sure what she's uh, what she's so excited about because you know I mean this Nets team didn't have Kyrie Irving, didn't have Karis Levert, but uh, like I said, wins a win. I was gonna say wins a win, and the Spurs will take it. Although Spencer did what he went off for like 41 points tonight, that doesn't that doesn't help with the Spurs defense, but it's kind of expected at this point, I would say. I mean, Dinwiddie just went off. He's been on a tear since Kyrie Irving's been out, and uh, you know it was it was Derek White and Dejounte Murray who who got the brunt of it. And they're good defenders, and they played pretty good defense. Yeah, uh, Dinwiddie was just on one. Hate Joe it. Harris got his on on Bryn Forbes. That's another thing. But I mean, yeah, Dinwiddie yeah, the, the was Dinwiddie, killed in the paint in this game. Dinwiddie was, I would say, limited in quotations to forty eight percent tonight. Still getting right. forty-one points. We're not going to take any, we're not going to take any much time with introductions on this one. First, let's start off with the with great FIBA Patty making another appearance tonight as he goes on for twenty-seven points, seven for ten from deep alone. That's the same amount of threes the Nets made all night. Wow, is, I didn't even see that. The Nets took That's the Nets. Crazy. The Nets went seven for thirty-six from three tonight, while Patty went seven from ten. So yikes! That's twenty percent. It's I believe it's Garrett a less Temple than that. two of ten. Tory and Prince zero of five. Yikes! A, a grand nineteen percent from deep for the for the Brooklyn Nets tonight, Ooh. off of eighteen turnovers. Too. And I don't think it was because the Spurs did anything particularly great on defense. Yeah, I could agree with that because this perimeter defense is not the best. I would say, <laughs> just looking, no. not at all. Um, yeah, yeah I was going to say the next one I have on the line is more, uh, Marco. Cause dude, I don't know what that was all about. I mean, he hit a couple of shots in the first half, but I mean, at a certain point, you got to realize that this guy's giving you diminishing returns. Eric Salinas like, on Twitter said, Rudy Gay played 14 minutes tonight. Lyle's 11. So, so is Marco the new four? I, I have no idea. <laughs> what that was i've never seen that before in my life maybe demar was at the four i don't but bottom line you had you had marco bellinelli and demar Derozan at the three and the four in a in a game where the spurs were getting creamed in the paint like that doesn't make any sense to me yeah and, and i was very infuriated with these rotations in this first half where you're throwing in you're throwing in some horrible rotations and I, someone was asking me, why is DeJounte having such a horrible plus-minus and having such a bad season when it comes to just stat-wise? I'm like, look at the guys around him. He on this Going into the second half, he had DeMar, LaMarcus, Bellinelli, and Bryn around him. How Who else is going to play defense besides DeJounte? Right, right. They, and it's... Uh... 
it it was really really tough tonight with with those rotations but one one part of the rotation that worked really well in the third quarter we saw Derek White, Lonnie Walker and Jakob Pertl together and that was that was the the unit that turned it around it was like a tw- and and Patty Mills i mean Patty going off was was nuts but that was that was the defensive part of it right because you put Patty Mills with three defenders like that and they can cover up for for any of his limitations that are mostly size based you know like those those three guys together and Patty those four really turned this game around yeah, the at big... the end of that third quarter it was a 12-0 run to end the third quarter and give them a two-point lead that's where the game turned uh the bench actually scored 63 points in total which that's kind of that's kind of the benchmark for a Spurs bench because the Spurs bench is always showing up, I mean, and this is what's kind of at least keeping this team in a somewhat of a playoff hunt, where you're seeing teams, you're seeing some really good teams around the league, the Mavericks, the Lakers, the Bucks, who are all deep teams, and the Spurs are should be one of those good teams because they are really this deep. They're deeper, they're as deep as most of these other good teams in the league, and that bench, whenever it shows right. up, they're the re- they're the reason the Spurs get these wins or at least make these huge comebacks out of nowhere. Right. And it's funny because, I mean, to start this game, it, it was like a, I, I think a 12-2 run by Brooklyn, right? Uh, the starters looked categorically awful. This team gets off to so many slow starts. And this one tonight, it was really out of the out of the gate. Like, I expected DeRozan to be a little angrier. I expected him to be like a little hungrier and, and uh, play a little pissed off. Um, but but he was pretty soft in the in the first half and really through this game he finished with 12 points he had four made baskets and four turnovers um and you know the way he was playing just wasn't really getting things going for his teammates um i i think DeJounte Murray is a pretty underrated point guard he is in the, in the true like point guard sense like he has a great understanding for the game and he, he was he really knows how to get guys to their spots Definitely, and he was. What, what do you think of watching him play like that? I was gonna say I agree with you tremendously. He, I always see him passing the ball around. He's cause he's creating a lot of ball movement tonight. He had five assists, and there's a big reason. Whenever he, I do enjoy him on the court. The problem is, like I said earlier, the players that are put around him do not help him in any way. They don't cause a lot of ball movement. There's a lot of iso- isolation, and Murray just can't really work that way. And but Murray is so good at. Seeing his seeing his teammates if they are open, passing the ball out whenever he knows that he can't get a clean shot, and then if he does have a clean shot, he will take a nice mid range and drain it. He went five for seven tonight with thirteen points. But how, how about this combo, Derek White and Dejounte Murray, combined ten for thirteen from the floor, each had thirteen points, and they had uh, eight assists to four turnovers and three steals each. That's that, I mean. The fact that we haven't seen these guys play together very much at all to this point in the year is concerning. It's confusing. Like so many things with this this rotation, it's fair to start asking, like, what's Pop doing? Like, what is the plan here? Like, people were asking me tonight, like, is Pop just stealth tanking? Is is he like kind of sucking on purpose, but like not trying to look like he's doing that? And no, he's not doing that. I think. But, you you I mean, think? 
This this has really been a head scratcher of a season. Last year, everybody was hurt. He had eight new guys. We understood what was happening there, right? Like, yeah. You know, there were there were some people that were at his throat at at eleven and fourteen last year, and that wasn't really his fault. But this is this is completely different. He has a healthy team. They added Dejounte Murray back. That's really the only difference. I mean, they got rid of Bertans. Obviously, it didn't help, but is he going to help the defense? I don't really think so. It's it's just been really, really strange watching this whole season and, and just asking yourself every single game, why? Why is this happening? Like, is he reading my tweets and punishing me specifically? <laughs> I think about that. I'm like, does Pop have a burner account? And he's just like, you know, scrolling through on the toilet, sees something dumb I tweeted, and he's like, I'll show these fuckers. Like, like I'll I'll show these idiots. I'm I am going to to put Marco at the four. How about that? <laughs> Did you see the hoodie that Marco wore one time going on a plane that says, "Yeah, I block all of you on Twitter." <laughs> Did he? Are you serious? He had some hoodie on that that says, that had to be a Photoshop. I don't know. It, it said it was had a to be a I, maybe maybe I don't know, but if it's real. I think I Marco mean, he should did, really he did Marco block should everybody on Twitter and then and then he went off. He had his best game of the year the day he, after he blocked everybody on Twitter. Marco should really I, be I running woke up that brand. morning and I saw like 10 different people that were like, "Oh, I guess Marco blocked me." <laughs> and I don't know how many of that was like it was new that day and how many were like they saw that and they checked and they were like, "Oh, I guess he's blocked me." I don't know. Um but uh but yeah. let's go Marco's let's, blocked everybody. Yeah, but with Regards to your pop question, it's it always goes back to rotations for me. I think that's for most people among Spurs Twitter, where it's just the rotations that are the big answer to everyone's issues. What's going on? And just some of these rotations are trash, but then you got some really great rotations, especially with this bench. And that whenever the bench comes on, the team is much better. At some point, we just got to start the bench as a whole. Right. Like I, somebody said to me today, and they said, I think. This team's going to be better without Aldridge and DeRozan and Marco. And I was like, yeah, I think that's kind of right. Like this, this team might actually be better if you got rid of at least, you know, Aldridge and DeRozan are theoretically their two best individual players. Like this team screams Ewing effect to me. Mm-hmm. We, we saw it tonight that bench Dirk White, Patty Mills, Lonnie Walker, and, and Jakob Pertle, they dominated. And they got this team back in the game. They play better with those guys. They don't play nearly as well on either end of the floor with DeMar DeRozan and Marcus Aldridge. And people keep telling me, like like people around this team, people who cover this team keep telling me, like, you'll you'll see a really steep drop-off if if they get rid of these guys. A drop-off from what? I mean, like they just haven't been good this year. Yeah. They have they have not produced anywhere near the level that they they should be. And it's it's weird to watch. It's weird to watch this all happen and it's it seems like nothing's happening. I'm sure Brian Wright is making calls. I'm sure that they're shopping both of those dudes, but it kind of seems like Pop is is not really making a ton of changes. The the biggest change that he made outside of benching DeRozan is is starting Marco at the four in the second half, <laughs> which is not, not the best change. No, I I mean, in the in the second half of this game, when Marco was out there, there were there were three possessions 
in pretty quick succession that jumped out to me. They went at Dinwiddie, went after Bellinelli, scored on him. Next possession, like like Pop called a timeout, left Marco in. Next possession, Dinwiddie again targets Bellinelli in the pick and roll. Isos, they score again. And then the possession after that, DeJounte Murray literally had to physically push Marco into the right spot. Like, how are you a 13-year NBA veteran and you don't know where to stand on defense? It's been like this the whole year, the whole entire year. And I just don't understand how Pop sits there in the postgame presser and he's like, yeah, defense needs to be better. Like, you're playing these defenders. Especially this has come from a coach that has a defensive prowess that understands how to how to create a great defense yet he knows what he knows what a good defense and what a bad defense looks like yet he's playing these guys out here and it's it's right, really like, it's really interesting to me and I don't know I can't see why why there's no big change happening as a result like I know he saw the film with Bryn Forbes just getting roasted by Russell Westbrook and yeah that's Russell Westbrook but like he got it from Joe Harris tonight and it's like on back cuts you know, it's like simple stuff that this guy, the, a few of these guys just aren't getting. Rudy Gay, it's an effort thing. Marco, it's somehow a not knowing where to stand thing and an effort thing. And like a physical tools thing. I mean, he, he just does not have anything valuable on defense. Patty, God bless him. He's six feet tall. He tries real hard. Um, what's surprising and though, DeMar, I don't know what his issue is on defense. Yeah. What's surprising though with Patty, according to B-Ball Index, he has a A minus talent grade in perimeter defense, playmaking, and perimeter shooting, and he has an A minus on on one on one grades too, which is yeah, pretty I interesting. Yeah, I saw that statistically. And attached to it, it was like you you can get access to our stats starting at five dollars. I was like, I don't want to pay for any stats that are telling me that Patty Mills is a good perimeter defender. <laughs> Love the guy, but yeah, no, that's that's a no for me. And the the biggest problem is. Like, like you can have one guy that does that. Like, when the Spurs went on their run, they had Patty on the floor. He was hitting big shots. But what they didn't have on the floor was Marco Bellinelli, Bryn Forbes. If you limit yourself to one weak link, the chain is a bit stronger. If you've got, if you got two, three, four guys out there who are missing rotations, who can't stay in front of a, a, a folding chair, can't stay in front of anybody who would try to get past them, you got multiple guys like that, you got a problem. And right now the Spurs have four guys like that in the rotation. Five if you count Rudy Gay. Yeah, agreed. And if you look at the if you look at the team three point scoring wise, Bren and Marco took eight shots each and combined well, eight combined, and they only made two combined. Which is Yeah. Pathetic. Whenever those yeah, are I mean, when those are your three point specialists. Right. Like people people have been telling me all year about you know, oh, Marco shoots, Marco spaces the floor. Marco is a below-average three-point shooter this year. Marco has shot 29% on mid-range shots this year. He's taken 50 of them. I mean, these guys are out there to shoot, but they're not shooting well, right? And if the rest of their game is a detriment to the team, and they're not doing the one thing that they're out there to do, it it really doesn't make sense to have this many of those guys in the rotation. Yeah, currently Marco is shooting a 32%, and that's only better than DeMar DeRozan's 31%, Rudy Gay's 27%, and then DeJounte's 17%. And I can understand with DeJounte because he doesn't take those that many threes, but you're barely better than DeMar and Rudy. Yeah, and, and Rudy this year, it's been wide open shots that he's missing. 
Yeah, he's tempting. Um, Rudy's attempting like, over three three points a game and not even making one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on with his outside outside shot this year. It looks like he needs to shoot a tougher shot. Like, like it looks like he gets scared of shooting a wide open shot. He's like, oh, I need to hang on to this ball a half second longer so this guy can come in and contest it, and then maybe I'll make the shot. It's weird. So and we- Forbes, like Forbes, has been so inconsistent. I'm I've been calling him Coin Flip Bryn because. Like, you know, you'd like a coin flip on a shot, but it's a coin flip every game or every half. You know, like he's either he's either out there with his flamethrower or he's completely out of gas on it. So you can't you can't have guys like that who don't even do the one thing that they're out there to do consistently. You can't have too many guys like that in the rotation. It's just not a recipe for success. Hey guys, have you ever listened to At The Line and then suddenly think, huh, I kind of want to make my own podcast? Well, guess what? I have something that's going to be the best tool for you in starting off your podcast. It's called Anchor, and this is what we use here at The Line. Fun. It's absolutely free to use, and guess what? I know some other hosting websites, they cost money to have you start your podcast, host it, and all that. Anchor doesn't do that. It's absolutely free. And there's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer if you don't have all the equipment that you want. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so you don't have to go to all these other websites and figure out, how do what what do I put? How do I get this? It's so confusing. Anchor, although, makes it easy for you. And they will put your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcasting websites. And guess what? The best part of it? You can make money from your podcast, but no minimum listenership. That means you can do your podcast for free while making money. Who doesn't love that? And it's everything that you need to make your podcast in one place. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your free podcast. Hey, this is Jeff Garcia. If you're looking for the best coverage when it comes to your silver and black, look no further than to the Spur Zone, which you can find at News Force San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. From articles to podcasts and everything in between, make sure to go to the Spur Zone and follow me on Twitter at JeffGSpurZone. All right, let's go back to the positives real quick. Let's talk about what's actually another thing that's really working. And it, another thing that's kind of question that's kind of been on my, my on my mind and I'm questioning is why is Pirtle not starting and why is he getting so few minutes when he's having really good games like tonight where he did defensively, where he had he should have had five blocks. Let's say that, but he had three blocks on the night. Just was great on the defensive effort and was a result of so many so many scores and a big reason that team that bench unit went on a run tonight. And uh, someone asked, what makes Pirtle so effective when he plays? I know that you are the guy for this for this question. Well, I mean, the thing with Pirtle, he played 16 minutes tonight, only four points. But he's a guy who does not need to touch the ball. He's going to get, like, you know, a couple of layups per game just because he's tall and under the basket and does the right thing and the ball finds him or his point guard finds him with the ball. His length on defense, he's 7-1. And he's got a plus wingspan, I'm pretty sure. 
so he can cover so much defensively in the pick and roll on defense he can pretty effectively cover both the drive and the roll man and he gets a ton of blocks he he had three blocks in in 16 minutes he also had four assists tonight he makes pretty good decisions when he does touch the ball and he works you know sort of as a as a pivot in the offense he like you know like andrew bogut was for those warriors catches the ball at the top of the arc hands it off to somebody or makes a good pass one thing he can work on is his rebounding um his awareness his activity level he does all of those little tiny things that don't st- show up in the stat sheet that really help your team win. He plays a little bit more like I would like Lamarcus Aldridge to play, just you know, at least in spirit, right? Definitely setting screens for guys, doing little things that help everybody. And if you look at his uh, per hundred possession stats, currently he has one of the best offensive. I think he has the best offensive rating on the team at one twenty three, and what the second best defensive rating at one oh seven, just behind Murray on that. And he makes, in per 100 possessions, he makes about three blocks a game. And we saw it tonight where he's just all over the boards. Right. So, right. so someone called him, uh, um, someone called him Windex. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like that. He had, he had two offensive rebounds tonight. That was, that was pretty good. Um, the, the thing is with a guy, a guy that big, you expect him to be good on the glass. And, you know, there, there are definitely some centers in this league that are a little more experienced that he's had trouble with this year. But I think if you give him time and just minutes and let him be the center of this defense and, you know, play center in the offense, we're going to see good things from him. If the Spurs did move on from LaMarcus Aldridge, yes, obviously they would lose shooting at the center position. But, I mean, Jakob Pertl brings pretty much everything else that you could hope to have out of a center. Definitely, and we we talked on our last podcast about some trade targets that we we would go for if we were looking to trade Demar and LMA. And one of the guys I brought up was Miles Turner, and I thought Miles Turner might be a great complement piece right next to Pirtle, which is just a great defensive front court. I would say. What do you think? What do you think about who's like some of the guys that you think would be good good fits to put next to Pirtle to replace LMA or Demar? I mean, Turner would be great, but. I don't think there's any way Indiana would move on from him for either Tamar mm-hmm. or Aldridge. Yeah. And then you have to include some of the young core. And then, you know, if you do that, I'm not too stoked about it. Like, I don't think the Spurs should trade any of their young talent. Oh, definitely. For I, this rebuild, if it happens. I agree. All, I young, all young talent one, is off limits. Pretty much. I mean, if somebody wants Bryn Forbes or Chemezi Metu, if that sweetens a deal, sure. But... Lonnie Walker, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Jakob Pertl should all be staying put. Luca Keldon, I wouldn't touch. But one one name that I think would be great, one guy that I think would be really great is Aaron Gordon. Orlando struggled to score the ball. They could probably use a guy like DeRozan. They're really high on Isaac, so Gordon's fit with the team has gotten a little weird. And a trade could work there. That would be that would be a trade that I would really like to see. But honestly, like to be, to be completely honest, I think the return in a trade, at least for DeMar DeRozan, right? Cause his contract's up at the end of the year. He's got that option. He'd be smart to take it because he's going to be one of the better free agents in this class. So this guy is probably going to walk away for nothing. So anything the Spurs can get for him at this point, if he's not in the future plans of this franchise, which I don't think he should be, they should do their due diligence, make a lot of calls, 
see what the market is, see exactly how high the market is, how much they could get for them, and get exactly what they can. I think if that happens, it's going to be sort of a get what you get and don't get upset kind of scenario for the Spurs and their fans. And that sort of makes me think that they're not going to do it. <laughs> um because I think the return would be underwhelming, especially if you're expecting a guy like Miles Turner. You're probably more likely to wind up with a guy like, you know, Chandler Parsons in a pick. Like the Spurs are much more likely to get like a bad contract and a pick or two or like a young guy than anything else, I think. A, a bad expiring contract, would you would good. say. Right. Yeah. Like, like you, because you have to make the salaries match. If it would basically be like Demar for a pick, you would have to throw in a bad bad contract. And then as as far as Lamarcus Aldridge, I mean, a name you see a lot is Whiteside sending him back to Portland. I don't I don't know about that. It's a it depends. But I think if neither of these guys are in the long term plans for the franchise, then moving them for whatever they can would be would be a wise choice. I agree. I definitely agree. All right, uh, my last question for you on this on this post game podcast, essentially, because uh, you because I haven't talked to you all season at, so far on a podcast. I kind I want to ask who is surprising you this season and who's disappointing you so far. Um, good question. I think one of the biggest disappointments this year for me has been Rudy Gay because his his play has just really dropped off a lot. His defense has been poor. His shot making has been bad. Marco was Marco was really good last year. I mean, he did a lot of important things for this team last year. His his drop off has been precipitous. I'm not surprised that Lonnie has been good. I expected him to be good. I expected him to be playing more. I I guess like like there's nobody that's jumping out to me who's like I'm really impressed with how he's been playing. Derek White and I guess Dejounte to an extent. But really, the most disappointing part of this Spurs season has been the rotations. It's been Pop's coaching. And that's that's shocking and unfamiliar territory for Spurs fans to be. You know, like, people in San Antonio are not used to the coach doing things and you being like, wait, what's happening? Like, like what is the reason for this? When, when you're questioning stuff at the top like that, it just kind of makes you question everything about the team. Hopefully they found some lightning in a bottle tonight with that, that bench lineup with White, Patty, Lonnie yak and hopefully they start turning this thing around i hope so too and i was gonna mention yeah it's kind of hard to really think of what is the coach actually doing whenever he's been coached since 1996 that right. doesn't that doesn't make it easy in any way again thank you for coming on tom uh, where can they find you on twitter and all your amazing content content that you've been putting out this season uh it's at real tom petrini on twitter a lot of fakes out there and the youtube is just my name I think we hit like 850 subscribers tonight, uh, so that's cool. When I get to a thousand, they're gonna start paying me, so that's great. Hey. Uh, so subscribe to that if you haven't already. Um, I did an entire video on Marco Bellinelli as Tommy. To be honest with you, uh, <laughs> I watched The Irishman. It got me got me in touch with my roots, and uh, so now I've been talking in this voice a lot, and it's, it's really pissing off the boss lady. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I'll see you guys around. Don't piss off the boss lady, but that's Real Tom Petrini. That's Real Tom, P-E-T-R-I-N-I on Twitter and on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on Twitter on at the Lion Pond. You can also find me on Twitter at Ty Yeager Radio, and you can find Mac at Mac Penn Media. And make sure to check out the Spurs Zone on News 4 San Antonio, because at the Lion is always brought to you by News 4 San Antonio's Spurs Zone. You can find that from Jeff Garcia at Jeff G Spurs Zone. 
That does it for this post-game at the line podcast. We'll see you guys next time.